are live, people. <laughs> are you ever going to come up with a better intro? How about nope. we talk about how we got here? I refuse to come up with a better one because that's the best one. How me? convenient. What a convenient narrative you live. So you're oh, probably oh. wondering about our surroundings right now. And guys, yeah. we finally did it. It's a palace-like place. You were thinking probably. We finally made it. Guess we have. What? We won the billion-dollar lottery. <laughs> oh, come on, really? You're... You don't want to tell them we won the lottery? I, I'm just not good at lying, man. I'm like you. I'm it's a skill, guys. It. It's a skill. <laughs> you got to start with lying to yourself and then slowly but surely start reaching out to others. <clears throat> lie to them. It's so much easier once you can lie to yourself effectively. <laughs> <laughs> all the know-how, ins and outs of, you know, all the lying. Uh, I would just like to say. you have developed over three decades, right? Yeah. 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 Scumbaggery comes at a high cost, but I've mastered it. <laughs> Scumbaggery is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we drove through the night, and we're in Whoa. Albuquerque, New Mexico, right now. Took us about uh, half a day, even though it was supposed to take six or seven hours. There's a lot of hiccups. Yeah, but it was a lot a, of hiccups. It was a good road trip. We got some rain, saw some beautiful sights. Mm-hmm. Drove through the night, so we right. didn't get here till about. We talked about it yesterday. Sorry to cut you up, but. Keep going, Ashley. Yeah. We got here about 1 a.m. and mm-hmm. got everything set up now. We're just going to record this this episode. So mm-hmm. drinking some, some tea. Green tea. Yeah. Get a little caffeine in us. pretty good, actually. I'm not a big fan of tea, but um, that's kind of... Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's kind of judgmental. offensive to your people, but judgmental whatever. face. <laughs> what? You don't like green tea? How dare you? Do you own a vegan as well? <laughs> next thing you're gonna be telling me you don't like fortune cookies bro what are you talking about you don't like tea well you don't like kung fu either <laughs> i happen to dislike everything but uh by the way we noticed yesterday right i mean how beautiful it was right um was that a northern part of arizona i guess yeah northern of phoenix wow like as soon as you yeah. get to Payson, and then you head east it was so beautiful. We started seeing greens and trees, you know, higher altitude. It was some, you know, I mean, unlike anything that you would see in uh, central Arizona, I guess, Phoenix and southern part of uh, Arizona, which is completely just desert, right? And the heat is Shit unbearable. Hole. Oh, my Yeah, goodness. I mean, I the hate temp. to say that word, but, I mean, it, pretty close, <laughs> I would say. I mean, I... I think I'm qualified to say this at least because I spent, I don't know, probably half a year total in uh, yeah. Yeah. South Arizona. Um, during the during the summer, the heat is unbearable, even though it's getting better. Anyway, the point is, it's hard to see any green other than artificially planted yeah. trees. But uh, when we're getting out of Arizona toward north um there were a lot of trees we just couldn't believe that was arizona right yeah it was very beautiful actually yeah. and then i was like you know what i feel bad arizona i've been calling you mm-hmm. bad names i've been saying poor the things about judgments, you right but what i really meant was fuck you phoenix you suck <laughs> <laughs> it was uh city specific now i realize the transgression of my ways i need to be more specific so Arizona as a state has a lot of beauty. Mm-hmm. Just don't go to Phoenix for it because that's not where it is. Yeah, unfortunately it's not. Unless I we're mean, talking about those Scottsdale girls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, there are a lot of great parts about um, Arizona, I think. But, um, well, I'm having a difficulty listing them. But <laughs> Liar. <laughs> anyway, we're in Albuquerque. Visiting uh, Lafayette's family, mm-hmm. right? And uh, fortunately, there was nobody at home right now, so we decided to do our podcast. As you can see, uh, the island, big island behind us, is just part of this gigantic house. I don't know how big it is, but three thousand over three thousand square feet. Yeah, yeah, it's a big spot for sure. Yeah, for sure, very empty. <laughs> But um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about mm-hmm. arguably one of the best time periods of there the 20th century. Go. 
Yeah. We're talking about the 90s. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm officially Gen X, by the way, because uh, some people define Gen X, uh, everybody who was born between mid-60s and early 80s, some uh, define it more uh, specifically, like 61 to 81, cut off with 81. Really? Some say, yeah, I don't know why. Some say that like mid-60s to early 80s, but some define it more um, accurately from 61 to 81. And that is that just defining that mm-hmm. this cultural influence is predominantly based in that time period? So you would be Gen X because you're influenced by the same culture for the last 20 years. They say like, okay, here's a right. shift in culture and then they readjust what the name is. I don't, I don't know how it works. That's why I'm asking. Well, because the term, I think it was coined for the first time in 1991 or two mm-hmm. uh, by this novelist, I forgot the gentleman's name, in his book. Oh, I think that's okay. where he coined for the first time. And obviously, you can talk about uh, similarities and um, the cultural impacts of a certain generation. That's, that's totally possible, right? But um, we tend to do that so that we can uh, have just more practical means of having conversation, you know, yeah. about different generations. I think it's just for the convenience, honestly, and then distinguish between um, those generations, uh, cultural elements, and other things. Hmm, yeah, that makes sense. What am I then? Do you know? What? You're a millennial, officially. Millennial? Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> Let me tell you about them goddamn millennials. Fucking ruined the country for all of this. <laughs> You're officially a millennial. <laughs> That's right, million dollar I baby. I think I can be millennial too. I mean. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. See, it's, it's just fucking slippery when you start trying to classify and people do people like me. I mean, if you're if you're close to the end of previous generation and, you know, uh the earlier period of next generation, then you're kind of in between, right? You've mm, experienced okay. doesn't matter what the definition is, you've experienced both. Mm. Yeah. So in my opinion, in between is kind of the best um age groups of each generation. Very interesting. I think Hmm. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I if so, if yeah. I were, yeah. if I was born in '62, for example, I mean, I would know a lot more about uh, baby boomers and you know that '60s culture. I don't know if I haven't experienced '60s culture. <laughs> I just know indirectly. I experienced yeah. it indirectly. I mean, we know the bigger things so, like the hippie movement, free love, mm-hmm. Woodstock. Uh, anti-war with Vietnam. We know those mm-hmm. types of elements yeah. that then, you know, obviously drifted over into the 70s mm-hmm. and even to some regard, the 80s. Yeah, right? I mean, it's sure. impossible to yeah. disassociate those two things entirely. But let's talk about the the favorite thing that you had in the 90s. Was there something specific that stands mm-hmm. out for you when somebody says, you know, 90s or 90s kid? Mm-hmm. What What comes to mind? There are so many things, but I think it's uh, really important to... The the reason I think, of course, I think everybody has biased opinions about their mm-hmm. generation because that's that's the generation they actually experienced. That's the decade they ex- actually yeah. experienced, right? It's the most nostalgic time. So I think there's a little biased element uh, in this, but in my opinion, though, the 90s was truly the uh, most evolving time and the peak of American culture generally across the board. The reason I'm thinking that way is that it was backed up by uh, very influential um, events. Uh, one of them is the economic boom, right? We, mm. we, we, ha- we had had those uh, economic boom before, 20s, 50s. Uh, post World War Two, but it was unprecedented in in, in that um, it it lasted for a decade. Yeah, yeah. That, that was another thing uh, about the nineties economic boom. It is unprecedented because it lasted for a long freaking time, unlike others. And then that was, by the way, because of mostly moderate inner interest rate and growth rate. Um, I mean, this is not anything about economy, but 
when economy grows too rapidly over, I think Fed usually puts at uh, aims for like six percent, seven percent, six point five. But if that growth rate is too rapid, too high, then you're risking going into this end cycle of uh, end phase of business cycle, right? The fluctuation, which we can, which can lead to inflation, therefore recession. But the 90s, the reason the 90s economic boom lasted for a long time was that because of that moderate growth rate, it was kept under 6% the entire decade. That's why we had that uh, economic boom for a long time. If you, can, if you look at 20s economic boom, the growth rate was 42%. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. Yeah. So you cannot really manage that to last for a long time. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, we also had the birth and... I mean, resurgence isn't the correct word, but the new age of technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, really yeah. Stepping into it, fully committed. Mm-hmm. The internet, right? I mean, yes, that's, that's what I was going to say, that the second biggest factor uh, that uh, fit to all the growth of cultural elements and other sectors was the internet, internet revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah the dot-com <laughs> bubble, everything like that. Yeah. I mean, for the first time, we had easily accessible. Well, I shouldn't say easily, right? Now everybody had dial-up. Mm-hmm. It was a pain in the ass to use dial-up, too. Right. Know, we've talked about that stupid sound. Insert sound clip. We did, actually, right? Whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, that horrible dial-up sound, and you're like, right. oh, nobody can be on the phone right now. I'm connecting to the internet. Right. AOL, fucking right. CDs, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it was a huge thing for also the media industry. Mm-hmm. You know, an effective way to market and advertise that's yeah. never been seen before. And then you had people coming together on internet forums, creating boards and having discussions yeah. and really developing this internet culture, this yeah. type of kind of modern culture yeah. where it doesn't require us to be in person with one another mm-hmm. to have it with a whole bunch of different people from all parts of the world. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um it was literally evolutionary. When we start to look at browser came out for the first time, now we can see text and picture on one page. Evolutionary. It's nothing now, right? But back then, you can communicate through text and pictures with someone on a web page where you still feel uh, unfamiliar, unfamiliar and uncomfortable. <laughs> You know, the the blue screen and green screen, whatever, you know. But um, that's when we really started Internet, the 90s. I think it was no, uh, early 90s when a Congress passed this. Um, I forgot the name of the legislation, but that allowed uh, Internet for commercial use. So companies started, you know, producing their products and services. And, um, yeah, from... From that point, is is the history really? Yeah, yeah. it's like the most effective way for us to communicate with each mm-hmm. other, and so you're going to see a rapid progression in the culture as yeah. well, right? You know, the arts, I, hell, man. I mean, the sciences. Everything was benefited to some regard mm-hmm. by the technological advancement. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, other than maybe potentially some humanitarian things, mm-hmm. there's definitely some argument about. Technology may be regressing us for humanitarian causes. Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made there, but that's neither here nor there, is it? Yeah. Let's talk about the fucking bulls. Bulls. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say that if personally, if I'm asked, um, if I have to choose one phenomena in the 90s that was the most prominent over time, over the decade, I, I will have to say Eric Jordan's, really, because he was big, man. The brand was big. The explosion of uh, bulls, the popularity, and even I, I grew up in Korea. Everybody knew Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. literally everybody knew Michael Jordan. Even my parents knew, knew who Michael Jordan was. Dude, yeah. Even when I was in Israel in 2000, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. You know, yeah. even in Thailand, when we were recently there, oh, Michael Jordan, Bulls, Bulls you know, <laughs> yeah. cab drivers. It's still that yeah. powerful of an influence that he had. 
I mean, yeah. literally changed the world. I think if you look it up, he's one of the most influential <laughs> people in history and mm -hmm. well-known figures, yeah. you know, t similar up there with like Michael Jackson. And again, yeah, these are, we're talking about cultural figures, not necessarily people that have changed the world for, you know, technological, humanitarian or other reasons, but cultural figures, mm -hmm. undeniable, his impact. Yeah, and I think that was possible, I think it's because uh, at that time, the athletes or uh, celebrities really didn't have any platform to communicate directly with their fans. So mm -hmm. in a way that they had this, um, um, how do you say, um, people had that respect and um, fantasy about them too because they didn't know anything about them. They didn't, those athletes and celebrities really didn't reveal their personal stuff or you know, um, how they talk, how, how, you know, certain opinions by them on certain things like these days, athletes and celebrities do yeah. that, right? Yeah. So I think in a way that people had more fantasy about those celebrities and big figures. Yeah, no, that makes total sense because it also went from being this niche type of conversation where you could only have, you know, these very small intimate settings or mm -hmm. perhaps you're one of the lucky people that goes to a press conference, gets to hear it. Mm -hmm. But the only people that are reporting on it are going to be sports writers and possibly yeah. the newspapers, which again will limit mm -hmm. the amount of people that are exposed to the commentary. Yeah. What the people are talking about, what these athletes are doing, yeah. how relatable they are. Yeah. It's like the first time where you can actually, I wouldn't say the first time, but because there was people before this, obviously, mm -hmm. but here, with this unique situation we're in, economic success, cultural boom, technology boom, mm -hmm. wow, we can have somebody legitimately be, who's an athlete, basically a movie star, yeah. like a household name yeah. for everybody around the world. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Right, and then that was only accelerated, uh, boosted by his new brand, his own brand, and he's not own brand, but his brand with Nike, Air Jordan, right? I think that really accelerated his popularity as well. It, it was a means to um, spread his popularity, spread his, um, you know, charisma. Mm -hmm. um, if it was, if there wasn't no Jordan, Air Jordan, um, he was just purely a good basketball player, or you know, if you want to put it as the basketball best basketball player of all time, whatever. He was just probably a really famous athlete, still yeah. maybe popular, but. He had that means, shoes, you know, clothing that people could relate through to him, right? I think that really uh, cemented his position um, internationally yeah, because yeah. of that product. Line. I mean, who doesn't want to wear the same things that the best basketball player in the world's mm -hmm. wearing? Yeah, exactly. You know, arguably. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, yeah. I'll wear a shirt. I'll wear his, you know, his shoes. Yeah. Let's do it. They were a huge deal for a very long time. His shoes were not cheap at all. Yeah. I never owned a pair. <laughs> Me I've never owned a pair of Jordans. <laughs> Later and I, I fucking became... think they're sick. Yeah. I still oh, think yeah, they're like... sick, but I never owned a pair. I think it was common for Tinge to uh do part time job and you know um gather know. money and <laughs> buy Jordan. <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. Jordans. What was the first thing you were gonna buy with your part time job? What was it you're like, you know what, I'm going to do a part-time job so I can purchase this one thing. Can you remember? Um, yeah, one thing, it was um, during the 90s, <clears throat> during the time, uh, certain fashion items were really popular. One of them was that, uh, like, color-blocked windbreakers and also starter jacket. Like, uh, because oh, of yeah. that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to buy. Yeah, it was pretty expensive. And then, you know, I could have, I could wear that, uh, like, um, uh, fall and even winter. So it was really practical. It was expensive, but it was practical. And I played basketball all the time when I was young. So that's what I wanted to buy. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> practical, useful yeah. and fucking fly as hell. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when I was young beyond Jordan and all that, the big brands were really popular when I was young, uh, in the nineties, you know, Adidas. Um, I mean, people may ask me like, Oh, he's basically an Adidas rapper. <laughs> all you wear is Adidas. <laughs> those were popular before. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, um, 
I think, again, because of the economic boom, those brands became, I think, a lot bigger. Yeah. yeah I mean, Korea sure. was in a unique position as well, so that mm-hmm. it could be receptive to this mm-hmm. this kind of change in media and culture that yeah. was basically a worldwide phenomena, again, because of the internet. Yeah. You know, everybody sure. could contribute, adapt, adopt, mm-hmm. and kind of put their own spin on it. So it seems like it worked parallel with like Korea's economic stability at mm-hmm. that time, right? Because you guys were just basically finishing early development in the 90s. Yeah, 90s were. No, actually, 90s were. Uh, th- that's like 70s and 80s uh, where we uh, could finally come back from the devastation of war. 90s was more like new era for the the bigger player of the economy, uh, Samsung, for example. Samsung had it been a, a by the way, it's like uh, we're going into. Um, Are you trying to kick out our non Patreon <laughs> members? I'm sorry, guy. He always does this. I say, let's just let them all watch. And he says, no, they have to be Patreon members and they have to pay us $10,000. I said that's a pretty good deal. So yeah, we gotta <laughs> kick you out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, this is the end for uh, the free version this week. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Leave see a comment. Week. Subscribe. Yeah. Leave hate mail. Send nudes. All right. See you guys. Bye. All right. Back to our paying friends. It's kind of weird that you say your friends pay you. Would you say they're friends then? Oh, well, it's not exactly paying. I, I would say it's a support. Yeah, yeah. Especially By the way, if you're not supporting us and you're my... <laughs> so I was like, you wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to spew all our vile to those that can't hear us now. That's what you really are, you know, supporting us for, to hear us say bullshit about other people that failed to support. <laughs> Could you imagine? Failed to support. Wow. <laughs> but... um yeah, we really thank our Patreon members, yeah, thanks, every guys, one of so you. Much. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. And yeah, we're gonna probably uh, make a big announcement soon. Uh, uh, we're gonna launch a promotion. Just throwing out there right now. Oh yeah, uh, our we'll, secret uh, promotion. <laughs> we'll I announce it uh, when we have more concrete plan. But yeah, we've got a lot of travel planned for the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Working on the van. Trying to get it fixed up. Trying to go to Denver, go mm-hmm. see our buddies out there. Do some rock climbing. Get yep. in the mountains. Oh, yeah, can't wait for that. Overdue. Way overdue. If if only the people watching this knew. Yeah. yeah, it's there's a lot of things. But anyways, back to the '90s. We're talking mm-hmm. about the fucking superstar Michael Jordan himself. Yeah, I mean we. Uh, I mean, there is a great documentary, by the way, on Netflix or whatever. Um, the Last Dance. Yeah. I, Amazing. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can... There there are a lot of things in that, you know? Um, yeah. So, I, I strongly suggest you to watch it. But um, in our context today, we're talking about the 90s. Uh, we're, we're talking about basically the uh, uh, Michael Jordan, the Air Jordan brand, blew up he became worldwide phenomena you know uh, but I think that's about it but I, I think in in terms of the impact of him I really put that uh, put him up like top three of the most influential factors or cultural elements of the 90s I, yeah, I'd I dare to do fair, that yeah I'd say that's fair for a professional mm-hmm. athlete or just cultural figure yeah impact is undeniable mm-hmm. now it'd be interesting to study the impact mm-hmm. what was the ultimately what what was the impact made yeah everybody knows who he is everybody's mm-hmm. familiar with the nba basketball the rivalries and all those things mm-hmm. but what did it do to illuminate i think he opened the door for a lot of athletes you think yeah. so yeah yeah because uh, mainly through two ways one if you're good at what you're doing, truly, you know, at highest left, the highest level, you can be popular. You can be recognized. Yeah. I think yeah. that was one thing that he showed to other, other athletes. And then number two, he showed um, the new way of making money as an athlete. 
Yeah, yeah that's big what time, he, right? Yeah, he opened the door for that for everyone. Yeah, and now that's, man, that's what pretty much every NBA player, football player, yeah. soccer player, whatever sport, right? You're trying to look for the sign-on deal mm-hmm. for like Nike, Adidas, all these big players so you can mm-hmm. get your name on a shoe or a piece of clothing mm-hmm. or some type of apparel. So yeah. it became much more than selling tickets and trying to get people in the stadium or trying to get people to, t- to tune in to the adver- not advertisement, sorry, the, the radio broadcast mm-hmm. or the actual TV broadcast. Mm-hmm. It became huge. Yeah. Huge financial incentive for the NBA to sign players yeah. and then to also tie them to these brands. Yeah. Lucrative deals big mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And also he, uh, we're talking about Jordan a lot, but I'm just briefly, we're going to wrap this up soon. But he was also, I think, for the first time as an athlete who, uh, who was viewed as on unbeatable, unbeatable, untouchable figure like today you talk about even yeah we have still that ongoing conversation about who is who is the greatest greatest of all time you know you talk about jordan kobe whatever today to this context you even you know there are figures to compare to even you know the one who is considered the best like lebron for example Mm -hmm. at that time there was no competitor there was undeniably he was the best player of all i mean of that time there was no comparison they were making comparison of him against, you know, um, his uh, the older players before his time, but contemporarily there there was no competitor at that time. But today, all athletes, you know, Messi, you know, he's probably you know one of the, one of the greatest of all time. But he's compared to uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo is compared to Messi. You know, if you go to uh, basketball, LeBron, you know, Kobe. You have all contemporary uh, competitors, but he really didn't have the com- that contemporary competitor. Mm-hmm. He was the top of the top. There was no comparison. I think mean, that's why he was. His charisma was so untouchable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're considered the best at what you do by most mm-hmm. people, yeah, you also get away with a lot of other types of behavior. Yeah, which I think they do a good job of showing in that documentary. Some of his more uh, negative competitive elements and mm-hmm. all the other things that make him who he is. Right. But enough with him. Let's get on to the next thing, the 90s. Mm-hmm. How about the fucking music of the 90s? <laughs> There's so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, 90s. Um, where to start? I think in the 90s, uh, we started started to see new types of music, right? But most notably, explosion of hip hop was probably um, the biggest phenomena uh, of uh, in the nineties when it comes to music. The mainstream, yeah. Adaptation of- I mean, of course, rap was popular before then, but it really permeated through across the board. Like it was popular to Asian, black, white, doesn't matter anymore. It was not just you know exclusive thing uh, for the black communities. It was not like that anymore. And then that happened in the 90s. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah it's, I've, that one's uh, incredibly complex to get into. Yeah. But even rock, you know, had an, an explosion yeah. of alternative mm-hmm. rock and different types of sounds. And it's just cool that all these things did seem to come together at one time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to identify a single, a single attributing factor yeah. as to why this sure. could occur. But again, it's kind of hard to deny the impact that technology mm-hmm. and then also the manufacturing capabilities to readily get these things out cheap mm-hmm. to people yeah you know you can go to your electronics store easily just walk over there and get something yeah you know everybody's got some of the older technology now it's cheaper it's mass produced um semiconductors taken off in a different mm-hmm. way you know memory yeah. and all these other products but yeah the music from the 90s uh ton of great artists mm-hmm. you've got like punk rock you've got i mean metal the shift in metal mm-hmm. the tones the changes yeah. <clears throat> i think uh one of the biggest contributing factors at that time i think the nine is uh, on top of that economic boom right people had had money to spend man i mean that was another thing that really escalated the popularity as well right yeah. people spend money you know, skateboarding, you know, electronics, homes, you name it. Like, it's just people had money to spend. And that's why I think uh, we cannot really 
exclude economic factor um, uh, on the influence of other other sectors of the society. Yeah. But when it comes to music, yes, the economic boom was a big factor. But another factor was that, um, of course, we had this growing uh, racial tension as well still. But um, it really carried, carried over from the 60s, right? Uh, 80s, we had this new, new age era, basically. But in the 90s, they called it uh, a little bit differently, new, new age, whatever. I mean, I, I don't know how you call it, neo, whatever. But it was uh, very similar in spirit, but also differ in um, other aspects as well, because the new age movement, spiritualism, more was more about, yes, they, they try to avoid this religious beliefs and things like that, but it had this elements of otherworldly things, you know, transcendental or... Um, spiritual you know uh extraterrestrial otherworldly elements in this um new age movement 90s new age movement was a little bit different yes against the system against authoritarians and things like that but it was more about individuation individuality i think that element really permeated in the music industry too yeah that's what really um contributed to the growth of hip-hop and other uh, genres that are basically rebellious, you know, against the society, authoritarians, uh, things like that, spirit. You know, I think that really fueled uh, those genres in the, at that time. Yeah, do you think for the common person, though, that they uh-huh. succeeded in basically creating or finding an identity in this kind of merging of these technologies and these time periods because I feel like cap, or I feel like companies just largely capitalized on people's lack of identity, and they're like, "Yo, let's sell them this identity. They're gonna mm-hmm. buy it. They love fucking Michael Jordan. They love these artists. They love whatever. Mm-hmm. We can sell them shit because they're gonna feel like, right. yo, this is how I show. I like that guy. I like this <clears> stuff. <throat> this is who I am. This is what constitutes my identity. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there was a." huge uptick as well on the marketability of mm. identity and yeah all these companies fucking took advantage of it yeah i mean you can you can probably make that argument uh that this large scale um oppression on people's identity or take advantage of that um identity really exploded in the 90s as well you know yeah i, I mean who, who's making that. these nikes you know, I yeah. I don't know, but I'd be shocked <laughs> if it was fucking ethically made Nikes. Sorry, China. You know. Well, yeah, I remember when I was young. Uh, I don't know. I don't really own any Nike products anymore. I really don't. Uh, but when I was young, I remember, even though I didn't own uh, own any uh, Jordan or any pair of that, but I had uh, other stuff like jacket. If you check their uh, origin, you know, where it's made, it was typically Malaysia. Malaysia. I remember that, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's still, that's still the case, but when I was young, that was the case. It was not made, it was not made in America, no. Yeah. <laughs> what a shock. What a surprise. Somebody else to do the work for us and make the money off them. Yes. But it seems like even in this amazing time period where we have mm-hmm. this explosion of culture mm-hmm. and these ideas like, fucking wonderful don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but there's also people that just kind of uh adopt it these identities and put them on mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't really fit them so yeah. i think even in this time period people still are suffering from this thing we talk about all the time is who am i and how do i choose to become who i want to be like mm-hmm. you're born in this world again with these innate ideas these innate values and now you think Oh, here's the culture changing and shifting. I kind of like these things. But were you really choosing this set of culture and these set of values? Or were you merely just trading one for the other? Yeah, that's... uh, I mean, it's hard to argue against it, really, because we've talked about this many times that, yes, along the process, you may have your own things. Don't get me wrong. That's not impossible. If you really uh, give this exhaustive process of processing this uh, process of uh, understanding concepts and ideas of, of your time, um, critically judge them, 
Yes, it's possible, but it is undeniable that we are born into these things. And we're born into these things and learn these things in the language that we have no idea, we have never developed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everything is imposed at, the, at this point. Everything's uh, that everything on which you're, uh, oper you're operating is given to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, I it becomes the matter of whether or not you have yourself, or you know, even deeper, whether or not you have free will. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that's whole another discussion. But at least we know this: that we're born into these things that we had not created. Yeah, and that that becomes your main primary means of communicating your ideas. Right. Yeah. Therefore, there's a danger that you may not be being yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, we obviously had the blow up of a lot of people that were totally being themselves. Mm -hmm. And they were some of the larger cultural figures yeah. from that time period, which I think they always are. Every time period kind of has those rebellious people that step against the norm. Mm -hmm. And some of them find success for it. I think typically that's if capitalism can find use in taking advantage and exploiting yeah. them mm -hmm. and selling their product mm -hmm. um, but again it does sometimes just happen that both cases and both scenarios are true mm -hmm. capitalism finds a way to take advantage and also their message is true and clear and concise mm -hmm. and useful and people attach themselves to that idea and that right. concept and it's still, still a powerful thing I'm not saying that you know, all cultural figures, all movements have to be devoid of this kind of capitalistic thing mm -hmm. in order to be sacred, worthwhile, or useful to your life. Mm -hmm. It's just we have to do so much work to disjoin the two mm -hmm. and identify, you know, where is this actually like a capitalistic endeavor and where is like the actual value proposition here? Yeah. And which one am I leaning more into? Right. You know, am I just being well marketed to? Or is there actually some like depth here, some yeah. real value? That it gets hard. It gets messy real quick because mm -hmm. you got to wrestle with it based on where your experience has brought you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that could take a long time. Maybe yeah. you adopt it for some time period, and you find out like, yeah, this isn't this isn't a thing. I feel like I'm being exploited. Or maybe you find oh shit, they're really onto something here, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of segregate it out a bit better. Um, but yeah, the '90s definitely brought some interesting thoughts and ideas that previously were not hashed out that way. And so yeah. I think it was a huge benefit for us. Mm -hmm. And even today, I, I mean, have we had a time period like the nineties since the nineties? I, I don't think so. The two thousands yeah. to me, look, I love a lot of bands from the two thousands. Still echoing from yeah, the nineties, so especially all the two thousands. Yeah. And you know, even the 2010s, like, yo, what the fuck happened in the 20s? I don't know. <laughs> I fucking have no idea, man. Right. I mean, there's some big pop stars and things like that. Mm -hmm. And of course, if we're going to talk about but like politics and wars and things, yeah, of course those things occurred. But for whatever reason, the 90s is similar to me to like the 20s. Mm -hmm. This kind of golden area. Yeah. You know, this kind of time period that people look back on and want to romanticize with. Yeah. I mean, the 90s was golden age for a lot of things. Uh, golden age for... Uh, coffee, uh, coffee exploded. Really uh, exploded in the nineties. Um, actually, up to up to nineties uh, in the coffee world, it is called the dark age of coffee, American coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the nineties was the golden age for coffee. It was the golden age for music. It was the golden age for uh, movies, uh, sports. I mean, a lot of things, even economy, <laughs> right? I mean, it was golden age for almost everything. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's a reason that people fantasize about 90s. Yeah, yeah, because it was a fucking great time. And still, in my opinion, this is another thing that we haven't talked about. Not the economic factor or not the cultural factor of the 90s, but diplomatically. The other countries didn't really hate America uh, as they do today, you know, or other countries didn't really disrespect America like they do today. Yeah, yeah. You know, the '90s still there was respect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is also large, largely a byproduct of the means of information traveling more mm -hmm. effectively. Yeah, communication devices, the internet. <clears throat> you know, eventually the cell phone. 
basically we got to the point where you couldn't hide the bullshit that was so apparent here. Yeah. True. You know, like the fucking wrongdoings, Mm -hmm. the, all of this was arriving rapidly to realize how fucked up Mm -hmm. things are actually in this country. You know, social justice movements, uh, inequity, uh, the feministic movements, all these types of things also came together mm-hmm. and slowly but surely people start realizing, Oh man, maybe America is not this mm-hmm. behemoth of morality and greatness that we initially thought it was. Yeah. Um, which I think was a good fucking curtain to be pulled. People kind of get right. a good look behind the mask and see what's going on. The puppeteer pulling the strings and to find yeah. out a lot of it's money based. Yeah. You know, then we end the nineties by going into a war yeah. yeah. So, not a good time. But culturally, you know, again, very good time, the golden age, uh, because sixty, we had the rebellious, you know, societal movement, societal spirit, which was oppressed by the government. Um, you know, uh, what was the uh, exact legislation name uh, against the uh, war against all drugs? What was that uh, during? What was the legislation? <laughs> anyway, yeah. the point is. You know, the government, the authoritarians, uh, really reacted to that rebellious spirit of the 60s and carried over to 70s. And the 80s was sort of like completely oppressed because of that force. And the 90s was kind of kickbacked, like revival of that yeah. new age, yeah. right? Don't you feel like we're always kind of going back and looking at the past and being like, oh, you know what? Things were actually pretty fucked up then. <laughs> now that now that I'm thinking about it a little clearer. Right. It's do you yeah so you say you know diplomatically kind of like geopolitical like a world mm-hmm. scale yeah. the u.s was viewed in this positive regard yeah mostly yeah but do you think, think this so. was just a misrepresentation because we didn't have enough people mm-hmm. coming forth about the reality the nature of things like do you think that do you think the u.s was actually like this fucking um, wonderful place to live in the 90s if you were a white middle class yeah it was probably fucking awesome but <laughs> what right. about the vast uh, majority might be, might be the wrong term mathematically what about the other people you know the potential minority or other mm-hmm. potential majority that don't fall into that economic realm mm-hmm. you know you think it was great for them or i mean it would, of course if you go down to the bottom of the sector yeah um, of course there there were people who suffered but i think overall the economy was still great that um you know excluding those extreme uh, extreme minorities um i think all i shouldn't say all but more people were uh, uh, more people benefited from that economic boom than today. Yeah. Well, I mean, see this thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're also but if they're just that, giving loans to people. What if those people are just like getting through the nineties? Well, that's another thing because because of the economic boom, they the interest rate was low. Yeah. So you could actually get loans. That's another thing. So if you look at that part, yeah, it probably was better uh, at that time to. Uh, for poor people than today because today's fucking it's not easy to get loans yeah and everything's fucking crazy expensive can you believe what people pay for homes right now yeah i I don't understand people don't have jobs we have the highest inflation rate that Mm -hmm. we've had you know it's not even like fully accounted for Mm -hmm. and yet people can't go and buy a home because they're all crazy expensive yeah apartments are crazy expensive to rent I don't know how anybody can afford anything right now. Yeah, I don't and know. And yet people are doing it, and we don't have enough of things, is what we're told. Yeah, that's why we're on the go all the time, guys. Yeah, we ain't got money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for that next trash can fire to keep us warm. <laughs> can of beans keep our bellies full. <laughs> this wig happens to be uh, this palace. Yeah, I just this is just, you know, chance. By the way, we're going to cook on that big island after Fuck this yeah, podcast. We are. <laughs> we'll get some meat. Yeah. We ate so bad yesterday, um, but road trip was a good road trip. I it mean, was it fun, was yeah. supposed to be six hours, but twelve-hour road trip. We ate shit ton, guys. <laughs> we had two burgers. We had fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, nuts. What the, else we have? We had a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, ice cream, watermelons, Cheetos, OJ, um, Coke. I, I did some Coke as well. Not the sniffing one, guys. Um, the injecting one. <laughs> <laughs> the sucking one. <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds like something else. But, uh, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, we talked about coffee the other day. I we dedicated an entire episode to coffee, right? So we talked a little bit about it, but in short, the '90s was really the golden age. Um, Starbucks and Pete's Coffee in the '80s they really um, uh, spread this um, garment coffee, basically more available um, throughout the country. But then the '90s they really, the Starbucks took off, right? Uh, I don't know any statistics, the numbers exactly, but I do remember the '90s was the uh, the actual decade Starbucks really took off. To another level, yeah. yeah. I mean, that created just. We talked about it earlier at the uh, at Starbucks earlier. Uh, really created the coffee houses, fucking coffee bars everywhere now, right? And then it created this new social scene. You know, you get together there, you know, socializing there, right? Yeah. And then when you get a this fancy coffee, uh, we talked about this before. Uh, the Starbucks coffee, some of them has the Chino, whatever the toward the end of their uh, names. It's not so made up names. They just wanted to copy um, Italian coffee. Sound Italian. <laughs> Sounds yeah. sexy. But um, it really was considered a luxury, uh, luxury thing to do. You know, like get a fancy coffee and then you talk to your friends, whatever. Business meetings there. You know, just whole yeah. things that didn't exist before yeah. became a available. Space, right? And yeah, and then like I said, when I was uh, when I uh, bought this book and read called Blue Ocean Market, which is still, I'm sure used in uh, um, um, business classes uh, business classes and things like that but it was Starbucks entirely dedicated to Starbucks at the time the book you know um, it was the symbol of the success in uh, using the strategies uh, of Blue Ocean Market yeah none existed Amazing. before yeah and at the time really the, the brand image was top Starbucks was top five man even number one at some point, above Apple, above IBM, above Intel, Coca-Cola, Starbucks was that high. The brand image was so goddamn high, which is not the case anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, it's still amazing, though, to see them even in Thailand uh-huh. or countries all around the world. You still got Starbucks. Yeah. I'm always like, what the fuck is Starbucks doing out here? Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't that popular, though, right? Where? Did you say it was popular, Starbucks? In Thailand? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Okay. Bangkok, there's tons of them. Yeah. yeah Even in sure. our small town, there was a Starbucks. Yeah. I mean, we never <laughs> went there, but yeah. except once to buy the French press. <laughs> I mean, there. I tell you this, like there wasn't really local coffee shops. We thought that there were local coffee shops, but there are not really. They're all franchises, Thai franchises. Yeah. yeah. So it's not exactly um, local coffee shop. Actually, that we didn't have strange hours. Any. Remember, they wouldn't be open. Yeah. Like we're gonna go try to catch the boat, get a coffee. Oh, mm-hmm. they're not open yet, <laughs> even though it's eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, there's not that uh, early, early rise and mm-hmm. open up thing in Thailand. Yeah, really. Any of the places we yeah, went, maybe weird. in the cities, mm-hmm. but no. Yeah, we're in uh, basically countryside, countryside so yeah. uh, we don't know exactly. And it's only it gets only busy during the tourist season. Um, between April and was it April? Oh no, no, October, no, no, October to April. April, yeah, something like that. So we didn't get the full experience, I guess. Yeah, when the temps are good. Mm-hmm. We went at the hottest time of year. <laughs> that went right into rain hey, season. Even then, it was not as bad as. Yeah, yeah, fucking here in Air, not here in Arizona, but you know, Phoenix, hot summer in Phoenix. You, you will die in Phoenix. That's the <laughs> thing. You will fucking die if you're outside. Yeah, I mean, you cannot it's be it's outside. Not laughable. Uh, matter actually um we saw the other day it was over 600 people who die uh, some absurd number yeah i don't know the exact cause but it has to do with heat related yeah, deaths. heat related deaths yeah so i was super surprised to hear the number i thought it was the nationwide but it was not yeah i mean that's what we're yeah crazy but um a couple more interesting uh, the fun stuff to us i guess i'm pretty sure you experienced it as well uh, what was the? Uh, did you own any game console? And during Bro, the, 90s? the fucking <laughs> Game Boy Color. Yeah, there you go. Was game Boy. My <laughs> shit. Yeah, I was gonna just bring that up because Game Boy was truly. If you have to choose one toy, uh, for the nineties, the best toy of all time. Absolutely. Not all time. No. Uh, of the decade, I I really gotta say Game Boy. Game Boy yeah. changed. Wow. I mean, I guess you get into a like kind of gaming mm-hmm. episode. But yeah, it totally changed mm-hmm. 
everything surrounding gaming. Yeah. It became accessible for everybody yeah. in your pocket, on demand, unprecedented. And it was like at yeah. an affordable level. Yeah. You, know, you could exactly. save up and actually buy one. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, it was Game Boy and Game, ba- Game Boy Link Cable. And the color was later, I'm pretty sure, like 95, 6. Yeah, like color, yeah, color was later. Mid-90s. But you're right. I mean, it really... It was unprecedented, right? Uh, and it was um, uh, invented by this guy who was a former uh, Nintendo employee who designed. Do you remember Ultra Hand? Mm, I don't actually. I, I'm sure you know. The, so uh, Ultra Hand is plastic, and it's it can collapse, and then if you trigger, it extends. Oh, you've no, seen that, no, right? I, I'm sure if I saw it. Yeah. It. But anyway, that's the guy who invented that Ultra Hand. Wow. Yeah. He invented. And then Nintendo's like, "Yo, we're buying that shit from you." No, no, no. He was, uh, he was working for Nintendo at the time when he invented that Ultra Hand. But what, what he about the Game Boy? Went out, came out of the company, and uh, he invented Game Boy. Well, I'm Nintendo sure. must have bought it from because they own Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know how that worked exactly. Interesting. Very well, interesting. Yeah. But also, I mean, that was when Pokemon, right? They made the Pokemon game. Mm. And oh, man, I wasn't so into that. So, yeah, maybe. Dude, into, I, was Pokemon, the 90s really took yeah, off? Yeah, man. Pokemon was huge mm. here. Still huge here. <laughs> Fucking is still a very popular thing. Wasn't that Revival, by the way? A few I years ago. I, dude, Pokemon I don't think was... it ever went out. Mm. I actually don't think it ever went yeah, but out. But I remember a couple of years ago, the it was crazy. I mean, Pokemon Go. Yeah, there was a huge resurgence with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't played Pokemon since I was a kid, but mm-hmm. even in high school, I knew people that played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Pokemon Go, all these adults that were downloading it, yeah. playing it. I mean, we worked with people that played it. And the fucking, they were like out there trying to catch shit, you know? Yeah. It's very interesting. But I think, I think that game's just going to stick around forever. It has a... It's appealable to pretty much every age demographic, it yeah. seems. It's a collecting game. Really? Yeah. Like, everybody loves collecting shit. Yeah. And then it'll get even better and better. Um, the current one uses the AR, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to get even better. Yeah. 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 So, I don't really see that dying out. Yeah. Honestly, when it gets to that point, I would, I'll give it a shot. You know, when it, oh. I can have my glasses on, my sunglasses, yeah. and it's like, yo, there's a Pokemon over there. Or That'd even after cool. that full emergence to the world. Yeah, I'm totally in. I'll, I'll try it. I'll, try it. <laughs> I'll totally try that. <laughs> Actually, I'm like experiencing all that magical power, their abilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you remember? Uh, when it comes to toy, I can't think of anything else other than, well, I'm sure there are a lot of notable ones, but other than Game Boy, um, truly the... Um, uh, deserves that crown, the best toy of the decade. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I, I can't really think of anything. I'm not a big game guy, honestly. But um, well, in the '90s, I do remember <laughs> Starcraft. Starcraft was oh, big. Oh, yes. Starcraft! Uh, that, that was a huge late '90s. Huge I'm Korean. pretty sure. Yeah, after mid '90s, that's for sure. I don't know exactly when it was when when it was invented. Blizzard, mid '90s. I still remember. I was in high school, the first grade. And it became, it started to become really, really popular. Yeah. Everybody was fucking playing. And then at the time, we were, see, like, this is a different thing. Not in here in America, but in Korea, though, in the 90s, there was also explosion of, you know. Gaming um, cafes? Gaming cafes. Wow. Yeah. That's so, cool. I remember, so that I, that's why I precisely remember when the year that Starcraft became, uh, started to become really, really popular, which was 1990. Seven, I think I'm pretty sure, because I was uh, on the first grade of high school, and uh, my friend who was rich, he had a computer, he had a CD and everything. So I started to play, and I became really addicted to it. <laughs> a couple of years later, I went to college, and entire first semester I didn't go to school playing game, and I got F for all subjects. <laughs> <laughs> the power of in my mind, that. I was becoming a professional gamer. You know, so I dedicated like more than a, more than twenty hours a day, every day. But yes, StarCraft was big hit in the nineties. I remember that. Wow, 
Yeah. Where's that fucking hustle now, man? You fucking <laughs> wasted it all on your goddamn youth on fucking StarCraft. Jesus. <laughs> and a bunch of other uh, RPG games, right? Mm-hmm. Lineage was one of them. Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and then a lot of the Final Fantasies. <clears throat> the RPG the games. PlayStation was mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Damn. Fucking good time, man. Yeah. About I, it. Yeah. And uh, fashion as well, right? Um, we actually talked about fashion the other day because mm-hmm. we're talking a lot about 90s stuff these days. But uh, for girls, chokers. Uh, I mean, I love of course, it. you can go as far back as ancient Egypt. Yeah. And then um, French in 18th, 18th century and 17th century. But the chokers uh, became uh, came back in the 90s. Yeah. Super popular. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Just remember overalls, overalls for guys too. You know, one strap down. Super popular in the nineties. Bandanas, um, the color block we talked about. Winter breakers, shirts that are too big. Yeah, the oversized t-shirts. Yeah, same with pants too. <laughs> Baggy like parachute pants, pants yeah. Type of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking style bucket hats. Yeah, I don't think it came back after that, right? Because eighties fashion and culture uh, really came back. Yeah, a decade yeah, over. I don't feel, so, I don't feel like the '90s. I mean, we've still got people that still appropriate it a bit. There's yeah. still some '90s culture and vibes in the fashion, mm-hmm. but you don't see it as often. It is definitely making a resurgence, like the '80s. Oh yeah, '80s. The for '80s sure. is Has making come, a resurgence. Yeah. So I think it's only a matter of time till we get back to the '90s. But I mean, honestly, I prefer the '80s style. Hmm. The '90s, yeah. yeah. '80s was yeah. Yeah, man. The fucking colors, the kind of like ski mm-hmm. lodge vibe. Like it looks like everybody belongs at a ski lodge. Yeah. For whatever reason. <laughs> I know, like, what is up with the patterns and colors here? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love Ace Fashion for sure. Um, yeah, but I miss 90s too, the fashion. Because I don't really own it. I thought about, it, thought about it the other day. My old jeans are kind of tight, you know. Um, I feel good in them. I can't, I guess, I don't know since when. I prefer this over baggy pants. But I, there were times... There were there were times when I really preferred baggy pants and hip hop. Fucking, I I still remember my grandma told me that my pants are too long, you know, dragging on the floor. Like, you're a my grandma told me something along the lines of, you're like, uh, appointed, uh, trash collector or something for this neighborhood <laughs> because you're collecting all the trash with your pants. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, but I mean, there were there was a time when I I, you know, dressed like that. You know, yeah, baggy pants yeah. and all that. But I I never really got into that. I the bigger shirts I wore for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never really was into. This is like his baggies that my pants. I mean, the first girl that I was yeah. interested in. She was a skater, punk chick. You know, played the drums, musician. Mm-hmm. So she liked that skater look. So she got me into that mm-hmm. look, you know. So the fucking yeah. tight, tight black jeans, the Vans, yeah, um, and tank tops. I've always, I have fucking always loved tank tops. It yeah. is so rare. People make comments to me when they see me not wearing a tank top. They're like, "Whoa, you own a t-shirt?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know, right? It's fucking crazy." <laughs> <laughs> I only wear tank tops. There, I mean, other than yeah. this, just because it's it's a mushroom shirt. I love mushrooms. Yeah, but tank tops by far to me are the most practical shirt but i don't i don't think they were very popular in the 90s were they well i don't even know where tank tops originate from or when they're popular i think i don't know i mean we can look it up but whether or not it was popular in the 90s i think it was popular yeah i think so yeah i think so yeah i think so and then you know the term wife beater I don't know. When did it come out for the first time? Wife beat? Ah, dude, who knows, man? Could be, I guess, 50s, 60s. I, who knows? But I could, I could see the 50s, like fucking tucked in wife beater <laughs> with a belt. Like, Boy, get your ass back here. <laughs> you know, like, what do you mean dinner's Boy, not ready? Uh, in the 90s, I don't think it was not unpopular. Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't remember being like super popular either, other than... Um, like this oversized T-shirts and baggy pants. That those were popular for sure, dude. Because I remember, like, trying oh to wear yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But uh, tank tops, I don't remember, man. I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't popular. Yeah, I do not if remember. Can't remember. Yeah, if you remember though, <laughs> let okay, us guys, know, please in the comments. If you remember, you yeah. let us know. We're gonna go <laughs> research it right now. Their authoritative uh, request. I'm pointing at you. Behest. 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, but since we did the 90s today, maybe we can do the 80s, the 60s, you know. Yeah, I'd have to do research since I wasn't alive. Yeah, yeah we can only go back to like 60s, you know, where the all the uh, elements of which... I could talk going. for hours about the hippies. Let's do it. I'm uh, totally down. In the mushroom t-shirt, I mean shirts. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's going to be glowing. I can't wait to talk. As he talks about mm -hmm. the 60s, they're going to oh. glow. We're going to actually make that happen. Praise Jesus. I'm going to have my, <laughs> my headband, my bandana. I'm going to cut the sleeves off this bad boy. It's going to be fly as hell. Rip them off, not cut them off. Yeah. But, I mean, we. I'm sure there are a lot more things, but... Um, was fun fun uh, talking about the 90s yeah uh, maybe we'll do uh some more specific topic of the 90s within maybe the 90s that'd maybe be cool. gaming you know who knows yeah i mean even that we can feel we can talk about it for two hours easily easily yeah. but um yeah thanks for listening guys and thank you patreon members thank we you love you thank you guys bye